Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lost Teams podcast. Once again, I am your co-host, Anthony Cerdelli, here with my fellow co-host, Andrew Lennox. Andrew, how's it going? I'm doing well, Anthony. How are you doing, man? Doing very well. Happy to, uh, happy to get this going. I hear we have another guest that's going to, uh, that's going to tell us about a, a hockey team, right? That's correct. Another illustrious guest. Who, uh, who might he be and what team is he going to be talking to us about? <laughs> well, um, he is going to be talking about the Toronto Blue Shirts. He's a really good friend of mine. We call him the Hockey Historian, or he also goes by Rolly, maybe a.k.a. Roll Wagons, a few others. Giving you a lot of nicknames over the years. How you doing, Rolly? Uh, doing great, boys. How are you guys doing? Doing really good. Happy to have you on. I've heard a lot of good things about your, uh, your hockey knowledge. Well, thanks. Yeah, I've listened to a few pro- podcasts and uh, they've all been going great and I'm uh, happy to be on one of them now. <laughs> awesome. Glad to have you. So, um, so yeah, let's get it started. Tell us about this. Uh, tell us about the Toronto Blue Shirts. A, a very interesting history. One of the, uh, one of the older teams pre-NHL. So I think I'm excited to hear it. It is. Yeah, it's uh, going to take you back in time a little bit here. Um, uh, so before we get into the story, I'll just, were you uh, alive then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was still skating there. I was probably <laughs> skating with the Wanderers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so a couple of my sources, I uh, kind of looked at um, to kind of cross-reference what's been in my brain for a while. Um, is puckstruck.com and uh, tvo.org. That's TV Ontario website. And there's a couple of books that are great resources if you're into hockey uh, and like the history of it. Uh, one is the Stanley Cup, the, the Complete History. And that was put out by the, uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame. And uh, the other one, uh, it's called Hockey, A People's History. And uh, that's written by Michael McKinley. And it coincides uh, with the CBC documentary, uh, Hockey, A People's History. It's an amazing documentary. I haven't uh, seen it. Be good this year, so you won't go on Santa's naughty list and <laughs> get the DVD collection because uh, it's kind of like a Ken Burns baseball uh, documentary. But put that to hockey, and that—that's what you got. So uh, the book is like that. So, Absolutely. but anyway, so I'm moving forward. Um, I'm sure all, everyone out in podcast land there's heard of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the National Hockey League. They're both First, current, yep. current in, uh, in the sports world. <laughs> Hope uh, so. But, but uh, where did it all begin, you know? So that's where we get with the, the Toronto Blue Shirts. And it's not a preppy pop-collared marching band. It's an actual <laughs> hockey team. They weren't wearing those rugby shirts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With their colors popped. <laughs> I think oh, I had one of those in the early 2000s. Terrible. <laughs> we used to, we used oh, to yeah. sit. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. Yeah. <laughs> My buddy and I used to. On them. <laughs> well, one time we went to this really preppy island and they called Nantucket off of Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. And we just counted the pop collars and the trophy wives and we're just like, this place is something else. And then 10 years later, my friend became one of the people we counted. So I was like, oh. ah, sad. So pop collars are the worst. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so the blue shirts, this is a pre-pop collar era. So uh, they were a team in the old uh, National Hockey Association, the NHA. Uh, and they're in there from uh, 1912 to 1917. Okay. And uh, so both the NHA and the Blue Shirts both have direct ties uh, to the league that we know today, which is the National Hockey League, the NHL. Uh, but going back to the NHL, I'll give you a little background on that league. The first season, the NHA 
Uh, it was made up of teams in Montreal, in Ottawa. Uh, Renfrew had a team. That's a, a town outside Ottawa. And there's two mining towns in Northern Ontario uh, called Cobalt and Haleybury. Rolly, wasn't yeah. uh, Renfrew, Ren, is it Renfrew? How do you pronounce yeah, Renfrew. it? Renfrew. Renfrew. Wasn't, wasn't there like a stick from there? Hockey stick? I th- there may have been. Or I mean, yeah, some piece of equipment like <laughs> at the gas station stick. Jockstrap. <laughs> no, I swear there was like, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't there was know. a mining I thought there was a piece they, of equipment. They made there, it the first jockstrap. They made it out of copper and they called it the Renfrew. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? How do you spell it? Uh, Renfrew, R-E-N-F-R-E-W. I swear, you're, you better look this up, Anthony. I will. Uh, yep. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. You can do what you want. So back then, uh, the NHA, they had a, a rival league out west called the, uh, the Pacific Coast Hockey Association. And uh, pretty innovative league out there. They actually allowed forward passing out there. But this is a time when you couldn't even pass the puck forward. You always had to what? drop it back like rugby. How? Oh, wow. How yeah, do you... Yeah. How do you advance? How do you score goals in advance? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good ridiculous. question. Ridiculous. Well, goalies weren't allowed to go down either uh, until oh, the boy. Coast League. They said goalies, you can go down and make a save. Oh, now goalies, wow. I don't think goalies are allowed to stand up. Now they're always on their knees playing. You know, how, did they get fans during these times? I uh, yeah, they did. They did. We'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. And also, they had uh, they were a league that had uh, a playoff format. Uh, mm-hmm. Before that, it was just whoever won the league won the championship. So, okay. uh, anyways, getting back, the NHA had a rival, the Pacific Coast League, and it was kind of like the NHL and the WHA back in the day, where they kind of rival rival each other in the seventies. And the PCHA, uh, they were poaching players from the, the NHA, uh, taking Anthony, players. We, we actually talked about that before the poaching of players in a previous yeah. episode. Yeah, well, that was the Wanderers episode. It's just this era of hockey is so is so interesting to me because it's like it is the Wild West, not only of mm-hmm. of players and uh, the like the strange rules, but I, I also you're probably going to mention some of the configurations, like how many players are on the ice back then and all that stuff. It's just such a when yeah. the rules were solidifying. Um, so not go ahead. Sorry, not to interrupt. No, just interesting. I, it's a it's a really great for me. It's a fascinating time in hockey because it's like when the rules were they were still figuring stuff out. I, not to interrupt, boys, but I have some extremely important news that was texted to me from <laughs> Anthony. Uh, Renfro makes tape, so I was correct. That's it, Renfro. Yeah, great tape. Useless knowledge, boys. That's all I know. (laughs) I don't know if we ever use Renfro tape in in America. I always I always end up getting the crappy friction tape that lost its sticky stickiness in like the first day. Did you put sex wax on your tape? (laughs) No, I have plenty of it now though from surfing. But I I probably should start doing that. (laughs) I can't I can't handle the puck worth shit. I think I put tape on my stick one time. Oh man! So, anyways, so that's that's Pacific Coast League. They're stealing players left and right, right? And uh, mm-hmm. but the NHA also is innovative too. They uh, they started six man hockey, so that's the kind of the configuration we have now: three forwards, uh, two defense, and a goalie. Uh, they got rid of the rover. There was this uh, <laughs> position called the rover: go up and down the ice, go anywhere. And uh, why so does that? that 
Why does that remind me of something in the C- CFL, like the Rouge or whatever? What is that really? Do you, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. The, the CFL has an extra extra man on the field, don't they? Is it called the Rouge? I don't uh, What is it called? That one. Yeah, we'll have to Google that. I'm trying to think of what modern day players should be My brother be would over. kill. Like who, yeah. what NHL player would have a better career if there was a Rover still in existence? I'm thinking... I'm thinking like an Ovechkin. I mean, it's impossible for Ovechkin to have a better career, but I'm thinking someone who plays no defense just likes to do whatever they want. Yeah, that'd Brett be Hull. a great position. Yeah, Brett Hall. Yes. <laughs> I don't That's know a who a modern-day one would be. They're all. Everyone's pretty – you have to be able to play defensively as well these days. Yeah, so. yeah I had to go back to the, the 80s fire wagon hockey. You might be able to find a few then. But, um, yeah. So they got rid of the rover. So uh, freeze up more ice, speed up the game a little bit. The NHA has been around for a couple of years. And, and then for the 1912-1913 season, they decide they're going to get two teams uh, based out of Toronto to join the league. Toronto's one of the bigger, biggest cities in Canada. It doesn't have a, a team in the league. They thought, well, we, we got we to gotta make something happen. And, and one of the teams to join was uh, the Toronto Blue Shirts. Okay, and they were supposed to join a, a year earlier, but they had problems with the rink getting built. They couldn't uh, get that built in time, so they had to sit out the year. So they joined for the 1912-13 season. And uh, so they play their first game, Christmas Day, 1912. Wow. Uh, they play it at, uh, it was called Arena Gardens, and then they later renamed it uh, Mutual Street Arena. And that's actually where the Toronto Maple Leafs played before they uh, went into the Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, so, yeah, now it's it's been uh, torn down since. But it's like a, a townhouse complex, and there's a little... A little park there. I've actually walked through it, and it's, uh, there's a little plaque there for Arena Gardens. But so they played sure. their first game, Christmas Day, 1912, in front of uh, about 4,000 fans, which is a lot during the day. But yeah. it translates to now, it's pretty comparable to the average attendance, like for a Coyotes game or a. Florida <laughs> game. Yeah, yeah. We should funny. just get rid of. The, I, I, even as an American, I'm fine sending them back to Toronto, and we can just restart the Toronto Blue Shirts from the coyotes or from the panthers hey quick question real quick question real quick this actually Rolly could probably answer this too but anthony didn't we go back in a previous episode and talk about a rink during this time burning down yeah the wanderers rink burned down that's why they that's why they i think they played like one game in the nhl and the rink burned down and then that was it (laughs) yeah yeah in the nhl and they had to they had to leave that was it yeah Canadians almost had to uh bow out too but somehow they were able to survive yeah and it was uh, the wanderers were the american like they're not the american the english speaking uh, uh wow that was too is too tried to call it american the american language they were the english the team of the english speaking uh people from quebec right yes and then yeah. the canadians basically became the team for both of them but they're very french speaking right now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there's a time where yeah the, the habs they would just sign um they would just have to sign uh, French. So the Blue Shirts in their second year, they win. They win the Stanley Cup, and uh, this is before we know it now, where it's the you know we have the playoff system. But it was kind of the chat. It was the Challenge Cup era, as they call it, with the Stanley Cup. So you hmm. win your league, and then you'd have to play in uh, the, the champion from another league, and then you'd battle for the Stanley Cup that way. Um, what was the other league, Rolly? 
the other league uh, could be different leagues. There's like a maritime league. There, uh, uh, the Pacific Coast League. Okay. Um, sometimes just back even before this in the, the early 1900s, teams would just file a challenge, and yeah. if they're accepted, they would play the play the the reigning cup champ or whatever. Well, uh, the the Blue Shirts, their their road to the cup, their first cup win in 1914. Uh, first, they had to beat the Montreal Canadiens. And that's the same team that we have here today in the National Hockey League. Uh, but it was a two-game total goal series. They didn't play like a best of three or best of five. Just they played two games, whoever scored the most goals. So uh, the Habs won game one, two-nothing. Uh, but Toronto came back in the second game, and they, and they blanked them six-nothing. They should have so used, used that um... – method for a series when the new jersey devils were playing <laughs> just to make sure they <laughs> would score Hockey was so bad like they just played the trap and no one could score we can thank yeah. J- jock lemaire for single-handedly causing the 2005 lockout right <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was boring but uh, but the habs they were stacked that year they had george vesna and that and that's oh. obviously um the best goalie award is ba- is named after him they had Newsy Lalonde. Mm-hmm. Newsy. Newsy, yeah. Edward <laughs> Newsy Lalonde, uh, another uh, Hall of Famer. Okay. And, Do you uh, know this guy? Did you know this guy before your research? Oh, oh yeah. I've heard of him. He has, yeah. You have a jersey probably. <laughs> yeah. we, so ran, this some guy randomly that I met, I forget how I knew him. I think I hung out with him at the beach briefly. Like one of, uh, one of my wife's uh, friend's husbands is huh. related to Newsy Lalonde. Come on, really? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. To be honest, yeah. I knew I heard the name, but I thought he was from like the forties and fifties, not like the the teens, <laughs> the tens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a stud back in the day. Yeah, he's uh, he was he was up there with Cyclone Taylor and uh, George Vesna and all those guys. So so they beat Montreal uh, in the two games total goal series, and then they end up playing the the PCHA champ. Uh, the Victoria Aristocrats, <laughs> and they were the champ of uh, the, the Pacific Coast League that year. And uh, for this series, they played a best of five game series, kind of like uh, we we know the playoff format now. And they swept them three straight games. And uh, after they won, each winner on the team, uh, each Blue Shirts player, they they took home a little bonus, uh, three hundred bucks was their nice. uh, winning bonus. Was re- did did they play at a neutral site? Just no, because play- the travel must have been unbelievable. Yeah, they decided they play. They played all all the games in Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they came out east, and they kind of they took turns playing what what rules they play under. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they they swept them three games, and uh, three hundred bucks. That's about seventy eight hundred bucks today. That's also crazy. I I'm, I just missed that. So they played. So when they so when the PCHA would come or they they were playing in Toronto, but they would switch alternate. Does that mean they alternated having a six having seven players and having six players each game, like on Absolutely. the ice? Yes, and allow like the forward pass and the not the forward pass. Yeah, it must have been just a shit show. <laughs> yeah, my God, the referees if referees even existed, <laughs> were probably in hell. Were they using like field hockey sticks back then? <laughs> yeah, Could only shoot right handed. <laughs> <laughs> the blue shirts. They had some notable players back in the day. They had um, there's uh, there was a couple of Harrys and a couple of Franks. Nice. One of the one of the Harrys was uh, Harry Hap Holmes. He was he was a goalie. Okay. And uh, he, he holds the record, uh, Stanley Cup champion record. He's won four 
Stanley Cups with four different teams. Wow. No one else has ever done that. That's that is great. impressive. That's crazy. And another Harry is Harry Cameron. He was a, he's like a high-scoring defenseman back in the day, kind of like the Bobby mm-hmm. Orr of the early era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is the first player on record to uh, get a Gordie Howe hat trick. No kidding. Not a Gordie Howe hat trick. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Those listeners don't know, it's a, it's, it's a goal assist in a fight and win one game. Why isn't it named after yeah. him? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Gordy. Yeah, yeah, the Harry Cameron hat trick. <laughs> His family's probably like going to take the, the Howe family to court. Like it was my, my, my great grandfather originated the Gordy Howe hat trick, <laughs> not Gordy Howe. Gordy's the a Cameron fan. family. <laughs> Another cool thing about Harry Cameron was he won a Stanley Cup uh, with three different teams that were based mm-hmm. in the same city. So he won oh. a uh, Stanley Cup with the Blue Shirts in 1914 and then the toronto arenas in 1918 and then the toronto st pats in 1922 Uh, that's insane that's never happened before (laughs) uh no in any sport has anybody played on the islanders and the rangers or in one or like yeah or the just i mean i guess you theoretically could count if you played on the islanders rangers and devils but no buffalo too Oh, you, oh that's not the same city, city but like, same I guess state. technically New Jersey uh, is not the same city, not same as New York and like yeah, kind of same yeah. metro area. But yeah. you'd have to be at the end of your career if you'd won with the Devils in the beginning, if you'd won with the Islanders. That's interesting, though. That's so cool. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's, that's the Harrys and the, uh, the Franks where Frank Foyston, he won three cups on three different teams. Uh, including the first U.S. team to win it, the Seattle Metropolitans. And uh, Frank Nyberg was another Hall of Famer. But uh, all those guys were on the blue shirts at the time. So it's um, powerhouse. They were, yeah, they were, they were pretty stacked. So 1915, things, uh, things change for the blue shirts. Um, turmoil in blue, uh, their, their organization. Uh, after they won their cup in 1914, one of the owners uh, decided to leave. Uh, he sold his part of it. And... At the beginning of 1915-16 season, the other owner, he decides uh, to join the Canadian military, mm-hmm. and he puts his team up for sale. The, the World War One starting to ramp up. Players are going overseas. He decides he wants to join the fight, and so the team goes up for sale. And oh. in comes uh, this uh, famous owner of the time, uh, kind of like the George Steinbrenner back then. Uh, his name's Eddie Livingston. Okay. So for the 1915-16, this Eddie Livingston character uh, bids the highest uh, amount, and he gets he gets the the, uh, the Toronto Blue Shirts. And but at the same time, he's owner of the other Toronto team, and the other Toronto team in the same league is the Toronto Shamrocks. So, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no rule, yeah. no rules at all back then. Oh no, Wild West, as Anthony yeah. says, right? Yeah. Well, that reminds so, me. Just briefly, remember, uh, maybe it was during the lockout in 05 when um, that, that venture capital, uh, Mitt Rom- I think it was Mitt Romney's company, actually bought almost bought the entire NHL and was just going to own the really? entire NHL. Yeah. And like own all of the teams. That was, it didn't happen, but it was like talked about for a while. Oh, yeah. When, that was 2005? I'm pretty sure that was 2005. So it would have been wow. kind of an extreme version of, uh, a less extreme version of that. The Mitt Romney Hockey League? Yeah, but that, I think it's Bain <laughs> Capital, but that's it's so ridiculous. 
Yeah, how's that going to work? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Has Mitt ever been to a hockey game, you think? Oh, he was was the governor of – Massachusetts, Massachusetts for a while, yeah, so, so he had to have been oh, to a Bruins game or two. Oh, he's 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 probably at the Garden back in the day. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with the 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 Shamrocks and the, the blue shirts, the Eddie Livingston characters got both of them. Uh, and while he was owner of the Shamrocks, he was quarreling with the other owners and uh, the the rink he was playing in. And as this is all going on, he's bought the blue shirts, the Pacific Coast League poaches half the players from the blue shirts <laughs> so he's got the blue shirts and the, he has to sell the shamrocks so before uh-huh. he sells the shamrocks he brings over all his players from the shamrocks to the blue shirts and then tries to sell the shamrocks but they just won't sell because there's not a team left <laughs> what would a so team they, go for in those days like who, like if someone wanted to buy a team a franchise oh uh, I don't know, bottle of whiskey. 500 bucks? <laughs> bottle of whiskey. A beaver Pack pelt? Of smokes. Beaver pelt. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Anthony? A be- beaver pelt and some whale blubber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be quite the uh, combination of the three. <laughs> Two smokes. buckets of chicken and a drive to the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wow. So the Shamrocks team, they're, they're trying to get sold, but they're not sold. So they just kind of put them, they go dormant for the season. And at uh, the same time that Livingston's just bought the blue shirts, he's arguing with the, the Mutual Street Arena owners uh-huh. uh, about a rental agreement, whatever. So he's just causing all problems everywhere. And he decides, well, if you don't want to give me a good deal to play at that arena, I'm going to move the team to Boston. And the NHA says to him, no, 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 no soup for you. You've got to stay. You can't go anywhere. So, <laughs> uh, he's, he's starting to piss everybody off. So uh, remember now there's only five teams in NHA at this season. At this point, there's only five teams. Hmm. So the, the next season, the second season, 1915-16 season, you know, things are going wrong. He's, he's arguing with all the owners and the, the, the arenas. And – Things aren't going too well for him. And the following season, the 1916-17 season, he's managed to kind of piss everybody off. Now, the NHA decides, well, we only have five teams this year. We're going to add a sixth team again to even things out. Mm-hmm. And so they add the, the Toronto 228th Battalion. It's like a Canadian uh, military infantry team. Wow. And nice. Yeah. And they actually play in their fatigues when they're on the ice. <laughs> wow. Believe it or not. And they're popular. They're high scoring. They're a lot of fun. They, they're they're not a bad team, but the only they lasted half a season because they got called overseas to go fight in the war. So, That's what I was going to yeah. ask you. Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take for them to go over? Half they lasted half a season. That'll so now happen. We're back down to five teams in the NHA. And Livingston owns two of them. Well, yeah, one is one's dormant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the league hates Livingston's guts. They, they we got to get rid of this guy. And now they're down to five teams. They see an opening to stick it to him and uh, get rid of him. So they, they, they meet as a league. They leave him out of the meeting. And this is what they decide. They decide that the blue shirts have to sit out the rest of the season just so they can have an even amount of teams. Because having an odd number won't work, even though it worked the previous year, right? Right. On top of that, since the war has taken players away from everywhere and the talent levels way down, they decide, well, Livingston, your team's suspended for the year. 
and we're gonna take your players and divide them up amongst all our teams. He's oh, just getting man. bullied. He's, yeah, he's getting taken to him, right? Quick question, Rolly. Um, kind of off. Well, it's on topic. Did was there American players during these days, or was it all Canadians? Uh, at this point, I don't think there were any American players. I know they had some some teams like in up. Upper, the upper peninsula of Michigan and all that, but yeah, in upstate New York. Uh, sure, but I don't think there were any in the NHA at that point. Okay, I don't, not even many from out west because hockey hadn't really uh headed out that way and developed a whole lot like at the right. minor league level, right? Mm-hmm. So it's basically Ontario and uh Quebec and the Maritimes. So they they kind of take it to uh to poor Eddie there, they suspend his team. <laughs> They take all those players and they kind of divvy it up amongst themselves. But at the end of the 1917 season, they decided, you know what, blue shirts, you can come back into the league, but in order to do so, Livingston, you got to sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> so he's pissed off and he files lawsuits and they all end up, they're all end up in a dead end. And to avoid all these legal issues and problems, all the NHA owners uh, they suspend operations of the NHA for the for the year, um, just for a temporarily, uh, so they can figure out things. But at the same time, they decide to meet and start up a new league. And this new league is the National Hockey League. And all this was a scheme to get rid of Livingston. And but their plan was eventually this NHL will just be temporary for a year or two. We'll go back to the NHA after Livingston's out of our hair. Well, <laughs> But poor old NHA is still waiting on the sidelines, waiting to jump back in. It hasn't happened yet. Do you think Livingston's <laughs> relatives are like that's their they're living in like squalor somewhere and like somewhere in Canada and they're like, it's just we're waiting, we're waiting until the the NHA comes back. They told us they're gonna bring the NHA back and we can join them. It's like that's kind of that's funny. But this also it just it's such like a middle school girl way to go about things, and I love it. Just like these grown men who are like, You're not part of our club anymore. We, but we're going to start the same club just without you. Like, it's so great. <laughs> and we're going to take all your toys and we're going to play with them. Yeah. You can't have any. Yeah, you're not, you're, you're too <laughs> annoying. So you can't be part what of our club What was Livingston's anymore. first name again? Sorry. Uh, Eddie. Do you think they had like Eddie Livingston sucks shirts back then? Like they had <laughs> Norm Green sucks shirt, the former uh, Minnesota North Stars owner who everyone hated. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure the owners did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Eddie, Eddie Livingston Sucks fan club. <laughs> <laughs> so poor Eddie's out of the picture, kind of, and they, the start of the 1917-18 season, uh, the Quebec uh, Bulldogs, who are in the old NHA, they're having financial problems. So there's only three teams left in the, the new National Hockey League. They got uh, Montreal Wanderers, uh, Montreal Canadiens, and the Ottawa Senators. Not not the same senators as now, but the, the old senators. So they decide, well, we'll let the blue shirts back in, and uh, we're going to lease the players, and they can play. And but at, Livingston's out of the picture at that point, and they win the Stanley Cup that year. <laughs> and then the following year, they um, become the Toronto um, Arenas, and then that's the beginning of the Toronto Maple Leaf franchise from uh, that moving there onward. Okay, that's. 
it's it's one thing that's about this whole story that's so interesting to me is like people nowadays complain in sports about like free agency and players not being like uh players not being loyal to their teams that drafted them and wanting to leave in free agency and all this stuff but like back then it sounded like it was even worse it was just mercenaries it sounded like where like somebody starts a team and wants to be like what's the challenge for the stanley cups so are like all right we're just gonna poach away all these great players and like for all they could go play somewhere across the country and all of a sudden they're like the stanley cup challenger it's so it, that's like such a that's like the fascinating thing to me about the story is that it, it's it kind of has some parallels to today yeah it was guns for you know gun, gun for hire you know guys moving all over the place and there was actually uh, right. one of the Montreal Canadiens' first uh, superstars, uh, Didier Petre, is his name. Um, can't, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he was actually signed by two teams at once. There was <laughs> some sort of lawsuit against that too. Wow. So I don't, I don't know how they figured that one out. I hope he was. A, I hope he could be potentially the best nickname of all time. If he was a real good passer and playmaker, they call him. They call his passes the Petri dish. <laughs> i like that that was good 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 one anthony what was his name again how do you say his name didier petri didier didier yeah huh? and then petri p-i-t-r-e petre maybe didre the the uh petri dish so not not no relation to the current montreal canadians defenseman jeff petri no no as far That'd as we know it could yeah. be that would be amazing the angle phone version of them, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I got, boys. That's the uh, that's the story of the uh, the NHA and the Toronto Blue Shirts, and how they're uh, kind of have a little bit of a connection with uh, starting up the NHL and uh, one of the storied franchises, the the Toronto Maple Leafs. So. Yeah, that was an Great awesome story. story. Yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah. we talk about we kind of aim to have teams that have changed, kind of changed the landscape of sports, and the Blue Shirts did for sure. I mean, starting. I think I don't want to speak for you, Broly, but I'm assuming that all the NHL is probably our favorite league in sports. All three of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's like it's it's such a it's a cool it's a cool story and a cool kind of just uh, how the NHL hatched from a very vindictive <laughs> group of men who didn't want to deal with one of them. It's just a cool it's a cool story. And I like how it ties into one of our other episodes about the Montreal Wanderers as well. So It does. And it kind of ties in uh, just to tease a little thing. So we're working on something behind the scenes. I don't want to say what it is yet involving um, another team of this era uh, that, that Raleigh mentioned um, that hopefully is going to be a pretty cool project once, once we actually get it on the books, but stay tuned for that in the next couple months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, let's hope we can get it done before that yeah um but yeah anything else uh anything else you wanted to add really anywhere they can f- find you on social media if you want to be found or uh any, anywhere that people can find your work uh well uh not not much uh th- this podcast is, is a good start um, sweet Rolly's a facebook like... whale you can catch him on facebook <laughs> <laughs> You can, uh, you can catch me on uh, on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that's a good one. That's a throwback, man. Yeah, I remember you on MySpace for sure. Who was yeah. the guy? Who was the guy on MySpace that started it? Who was everyone's friend? Oh yeah, felt so good. Hey, I got a friend already. You know, so. Yeah, you can catch me <laughs> hanging out in MySpace with that guy. And you can have your song. 
Yeah. Remember, you oh. could put a song. So emo. It was the most emo thing of all time. Just. I don't think I made any top five friends list. That was <laughs> the guy left off. Everyone. No one. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at Delhi tweets. That's D E L L I T W E E T S or on Instagram at the media Delhi. Uh, and yeah, just publishing some stuff for the hockey writers about the Anaheim ducks and, um, working on this podcast. Andrew, how about you? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at a W L E N N and not really on any other social media. So you won't find me there. Absolutely. And, and if you guys like the podcast, please rate us on your podcast apps, give us some feedback, DM us, um, suggest some teams you want us to research and tell a story about. Um, but yeah, thanks Rolly for coming on. This was great. Had a great time and uh, we'll see yeah, you guys. My pleasure boys. A lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Good luck. And we'll see you guys uh, on the next episode. <laughs>